Pity or the hero? What is life? Something of everlasting value or a transient and hopeless irrelevance? The idea I have pursued is that the Homeric poems are legends shaped around the arrival of a people. The people who through this very process would grow to be the Greeks in what became their Mediterranean homeland. The poems are the myths of the origin of Greek consciousness, not as a perfect, but as a complex, uneasy thing. As a civilization, what emerged in Greece was distinct from both the northern steppe lands of the Bronze Age and the autocratic bureaucracies of the Near East, and fused qualities of both. Homer is a foundation myth, not of man nor of the natural world, but of the way of thinking by which the Greeks defined themselves, the frame of mind which made them who they were, one which in many ways we have inherited. The troubled world described by Homer remains strangely familiar. This is also a book about epic poetry and the value of epic in our lives. Epic is not an act of memory, not merely the account of what people are able to recall, since human memory only lasts three generations. We know something of our grandparents, but almost nothing emotionally, viscerally, of what happened in the generations before them. Nor is it a kind of history, an objective laying out of what occurred in a past to which we have little or no access. Epic, which was invented after memory and before history, occupies a third space in the human desire to connect the present to the past. It is the attempt to extend the qualities of memory over the reach of time embraced by history. Epic's purpose is to make the distant past as immediate to us as our own lives, to make the great stories of long ago beautiful and painful now. A wonderful depiction of Epic itself survives from Mycenaean Greece. In the summer of 1939, the University of Cincinnati archaeologist Carl Blagan, along with a Greek team, began excavating the Mycenaean palace of Pylos in the southwestern Peloponnese. In the great columned room at the centre of the palace, Blagan discovered, in pieces on the floor, where it had been dumped by the fire which brought the Mycenaean world to an end around 1200 BC a revelatory fresco. Against a ragged background, perhaps a rough, mountainous horizon, a poet, call him Homer, sits on a luminous, polychromed rock, a nightclub idea of a rock, dressed in a long, striped robe, with the sleeves of his overshirt coming almost halfway down his bare brown arms. His hair is braided, tendrils of it running down his neck and onto his back. He looks washed. Everything about him is alert, his eye bright and open, his body poised and taut, upright, ready. In his arms he holds a large five-stringed lyre, the fingers of his right hand plucking at those strings, which bend to his touch. Against the florid red of the wall behind him, the colour of a living, not dried blood, the red of life, is the most astonishing part of this image. An enormous pale bird, the colour of the bard's robe, the feathers of its wings half delineated in the red that surrounds it, its eye as bright and open as Homer's, its body larger than his, its presence in the room huge and buoyant, nothing insubstantial about it, making its way out into the world, leaving Homer's own static singing figure behind. The bird is poetry itself taking wing, so big, so much stronger than little Homer with his hairdo and his fingers on the lyre. It is the bird of eloquence, the winged words, Apia Taroenta, which the Homeric heroes speak to each other, Apia, 
having the same root as epic, taroenta meaning feathered, light, mobile, airy, communicative. Meaning and beauty take flight from Homer's song. It is one of the most extraordinary visualizations of poetry ever created. Its life entirely self-sufficient as it makes its way out across that ragged horizon. There is nothing whimsical or misty about it. It has an undeniable other reality in flight in the room. There is a deep paradox here, one that is central to the whole experience of Homer's epics. Nothing is more insubstantial than poetry. It has no body, and yet it persists with its subtleties whole and its sense of the reality of the human heart uneroded, while the palace of which this fresco was a part lies under the thick layer of ash from its burning in 1200 BC. Nothing with less substance than epic, nothing more lasting. Homer, in a miracle of transmission from one end of human civilization to the other, continues to be...